Listen, in life, sometimes before you can get to where God wants to take you, you have to remember where he's brought you from. And I just want to show you a picture, that last picture. Kyle, this is, this is where I came from. This is the house um, that I spent the majority of my, uh, my elementary school days in. This is my grandmother's house. This is in Newmarket, Tennessee, little one red light town there, about 1,200 people. You know, the house is probably 1,100 square feet, give or take. My grandmother is, is one of the most amazing spiritual women I've ever met in my life. And she raised six kids in that home with no indoor plumbing. Now, you can't see it because the, the trees are blocking it, but there's a cistern right in front of that house. And, and I remember every morning before kindergarten, she would go out and she would pump water out of that cistern and she would warm it up on the stove and she would pour it in a basin and that's how she would bathe me down and get me ready for school. I celebrate this. Being broke made me rich. Amen. Being broke made me appreciate. Being broke made me not take for granted every single opportunity, man, that God's given me. to stand on this stage and to tell you about the love of God. I love this. I thank God for where he's brought me from and how I was able to see the love of God demonstrated through my grandmother at such a young age. I thank God for that because if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't have the opportunity to share this same love that transformed the old country boy's life. And it's been running through me for 19 years. I got one mission. I got one passion. And that's to get as many people to the foot of the cross as possible. That's who I am. And those of you who have been a part of my life these last five years, I hope you know I try to be as transparent as possible. What you see is what you get. That's my mission in life. And so I'm thankful. Pastor Aaron, I'm thankful that you would for one put up with me <laughs> for five and a half years, but for two that you would see in me things that I couldn't see for myself. And that's what a great leader does. A great leader can see inside a person and call out things that they can't even see yet. That's a visionary church. It's an honor to have served under this man for over five years. And I'm thankful. And as I began preparing for this message, I started to think about, man, how life sometimes like a, is like a commercial. I don't know if you remember the old uh, Southwest commercials, Want to Get Away. You remember those? Sort of old school. Uh, just in case you forgot, um, I just want to refresh your memory. Check this out. Go anywhere. Southwest Airlines flies within California for just... Are you kidding me? That is so something Pastor Aaron would do. I mean, uh... 
I mean, that's something I would do, really. That, that's, that's something I would do. But sometimes life's like that, right? You're in an awkward situation. You're in a tough position. And you're like, man, Southwest, come get me. I want to get away. I think about my youngest son, um, Kipton. If you can throw that, that picture up there for me. I know, right? I know. I texted my wife Friday. I said, hey, can you send me a cute picture of Kipton? And I, I didn't know I was going to get this. I mean, this is amazing. Thank God he got his mama's looks. Hallelujah. <laughs> but this is Kipton. He's four years old. At age two, he was diagnosed with autism. Um, Zoe and I knew nothing about autism. It's been a journey these last two years just learning all that is entailed with, with a child with special needs and, and specifically with autism. And uh, he's four. He's not talking yet, but by the grace of God, he's come a long way from wh where he was. And I remember about a year and a half ago as we were uh, starting the, the potty training process, right? Um, everything with Kipton, who's four, we, we have an older son, Easton, who's six. Everything with Easton was just naturally easy. You know, he just naturally picked it up. Speech, potty training, all that. With Kipton, it, it's been more difficult. You know, we, it's, it's been more of a challenge. The way he processes information is, is just different. Uh, and so I remember about a year and a half ago, as we were starting the process, I, I put him down to bed at night, and, and I got up the next morning, and I was walking up the stairs. And as I was going up the stairs, this, this aroma <laughs> penetrated my nostrils. <laughs> Not a very sweet aroma. And so as I, I walked up the stairs, I was thinking, what in the world is going on? Is there a dead animal in our house? Do we have some dead rats? I mean, what, what is it? And so I, I'm going up the stairs, and as I got closer to Kipton's room, um, the smell got a little stronger. And I began to realize, oh, snap. Because <laughs> let me tell you something about autistic kids, and, and, and the spectrum is so wide, not, not every child is the same, but there are some common threads through kids with autism, and typically a child with autism loves textures, things like Play-Doh, sand, I mean just anything that, that they can sort of play with and feel, it's, it's a sensory issue for them, and so, um, so as I'm walking into his bedroom, I'm thinking, no way. And so sure enough, open the door, and my son has chosen overnight to play Picasso on our walls with brown texture-like -like stuff. He would like to think it was paint, but really it took the paint off of our walls, <laughs> trying to get it off. And so this happened two or three times, and after the third time, I had to, you know, I had to just gently, uh, you know, let him know, hey, this is not how we do this. And, and since then, it got better, right? So about a, a month, a month and a half goes by. He's doing well. You know, he's, he's starting to pick up on it a little bit. I'm at a neighbor's house, uh, Kim and Danny going right here. Some of you know them. They've been uh, faithful to the church here for, for years. But Kim and Danny live about four houses down. And uh, my wife was working. Zoe was working. Kim was gone. She was, she was going to a conference, and so it was, it was just me and Danny, daddy's daycare, seven kids, five theirs, two mine, and I'm jumping on the trampoline, you know, trying to entertain. I'm the entertainer, right? 
uh, Danny's cooking the food, you know, getting everything ready, getting dinner ready. And uh, I start to look around for Kipton. I'm like, oh, my gosh, where's Kipton? And so I, I go in the house. I'm looking downstairs. I don't see him. And then the thought crossed my mind. He's upstairs. And so as I'm walking up the stairs, that sweet aroma <laughs> began to penetrate my nostrils again. And I thought, no, he didn't, right? I mean, it's one thing to be our house. Like, it's one thing to be his bedroom. It's another thing to be a neighbor's house in another kid's bedroom. You know what I'm saying? No way. Surely he didn't do it. And as I'm going up the step, oh, man, it's getting stronger. So now I'm in a dead sprint. The door is closed, obviously. Man needs privacy, right? <laughs> so I bust in the door. Sure enough, here he is, all over his hands, his body. He's got two handfuls of Legos. They had a Lego table with like thousands of Legos pieces. It's all over the Legos, all over the carpet. Thank God he didn't get it on the walls. But I'm thinking, you have got to be kidding me. Southwest, want to get away, please. Right? You ever been in a situation like that before? It's just awkward. It's uncomfortable. You're like, get me out of here now. And so I'm like, how am I going to share this with Danny? My son has, um, okay, I'm just moving forward. <laughs> so Danny, he's, he's got Emery, who's a, a year old. He's coming up the steps with like 30 different cleaning products. And here we are trying to clean and, and get everything together. But in that moment, I was like, God, just take me out of here, you know? And I know you guys have been in, in situations like that, in, in situations in life where you're like, Lord, it would just be better for you to come get me like you did a life and just take me on to heaven, amen? Like, it's just awkward, it's uncomfortable, it's hard. I just don't want to do this right now. I think about Elijah uh, and Elisha. You know, in 2 Kings uh, the Arameans were at war with Israel. And, and the king of Aram was, was striving and plotting and planning, trying to overtake the Israelites. And Elisha, who was the prophet at the time, he was the prophet of God, uh, God had given him just an amazing ability to do some incredible things as a prophet. One of those things is he knew what the king was doing, even though the king was so private about it. God would give Elisha special insights on the, the king's strategies. And then Elisha would go to the king of Israel and say, hey, listen, he's trying to trap you here. You need to go around. And so the king of Aram was getting frustrated. He was getting frustrated because his plans weren't working out the way they were supposed to. And he thought someone was uh, betraying him working for the Israelites. But really, they said, no, king, there's this prophet named Elisha who's a very powerful man of God, and God has given him special insight into your plan. So the king said, I want this Elisha. Bring him to me. And so we'll pick the story up in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 13. It says, the king said, go and find him so I can send men and catch him. The servants came back and reported, he is in Dothan. Then the king sent horses chariots, and many troops to Dothan. They arrived at night and surrounded the city, verse 15. 
Elisha's servant got up early, and when he went out, he saw an army with horses and chariots, chariots all around the city. The servant said to Elisha, Oh, my master, what can we do? So just try to put yourself in the servant's shoes just for a moment. You get up every morning like you've been doing for months. You go, you open the window expecting to see that beautiful, bright sun. And instead, there's an army of the enemy surrounding you, encamped all about you. You have nowhere to go. You have nowhere to run. And they are there to overtake you. Want to get away? Just imagine the fear. The fear in that moment when he drew back those curtains and he saw hundreds upon hundreds of chariots and horses waiting there to take their life. You ever been there? You ever been in a place in life when you feel like the enemy has just got you surrounded and camped all about you and you have nowhere to run and fear and anxiety has got you like a bow constrictor just stricting the life right out of you? You ever been in situations like that? When you go to the doctor and you find out that that little mass is cancerous and they're having to put you through chemotherapy, when things at home are struggling, your marriage is on the rocks, you don't know the future, you're trying to hold it together, but things are just not clicking, they're not hitting. You ever been there, church? Your son, your daughter, you tried to train them up in the ways of the Lord, but now they're wayward, they're going different paths, they got friends that they don't need to be having, they're dating people they don't need to be dating, and you're just sitting back thinking, man, they're going to ruin their life. And fear and anxiety begins to overtake you. You ever been there? I know you have. All of us have. But let me tell you something. This is how we fight our battles. Check this next verse out. Elisha said, don't be afraid. I feel like this is a word for someone in here today. Three words. It's very simple. Don't be afraid. Just listen. Just let God speak this into your spirit. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. The army that fights for us is larger than the one against us. Then Elisha prayed, Lord, Open my servant's eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw that the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Are you kidding me? This is how we fight our battles, church. This is how we fight. It may look like we're surrounded. It may look like uh, the enemy's got us where he wants us. It may look like Satan has won. But no, 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 no. Listen, we walk by faith and not by what? We walk by faith and not by sight. In the natural, it seems like we're done. In the natural, it seems like there's no hope. 
With our physical eyes, it may look bleak and dim. But when we open our spiritual eyes, church, and we see that God has a whole heavenly host all about us, encamped around us with chariots and horses with fire. Whoo, church, listen, we can't lose. Penny, we ain't going to lose. We can't lose. Listen, I want God to raise up some faith and some hope inside of you this morning. I don't know what your situation is. I don't know what you're struggling with, the fear, that anxiety, whatever it is that's gripping you right now. I just want you to know, don't be afraid. Open your eyes and see that God has a whole heavenly host of his angels in camp all around you. You can't fail when you're on Team Jesus. You can't fail. He's got you. He'll never let you down. That's the kind of hope that we have in our God. When me and Pastor Aaron, back in March, began having conversations just about my, my, my excitement, my pull, this draw toward FCA. Some of you may not be familiar with FCA. FCA is the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. It's a nonprofit organization. The vision and the mission I've always connected with, and that is to reach a coach athlete with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't have to tell you guys this. I know you already know that sports in this country is worship. It's an idol. And we, we participate, sadly, just as much as anyone else. We lift up athletes. We lift up coaches. In our culture, what an athlete says sometimes carries more weight than a politician. It's just the truth. So I've always connected with the vision of FCA is to influence the influencers. Because when you get an athlete or a coach who's standing for God, who's standing for the truth, who's standing for Jesus Christ, do you know the impact? Do you know the influence that that coach and athlete has? It's powerful just because of the culture, just because of the society we live in. So I've always connected and, and with the vision and the mission of FCA. But it really clicked for me last August. I started working with a local high school football team. It's something that I wanted to do for a while because over five years of being a student pastor, one of the most frustrating and challenging things for me was to minister to athletes. Because, listen, Wednesday nights are not treasured in our community anymore. They're just not. People practice and people play games on Wednesday night. That's just the way it is. Middle school, high school, they have games on Wednesday. They have practices on Wednesday. And so it was always frustrating for me because, like, I've always been competitive since out the womb. If you've, ever, if you've known me, spent any time, any time around me, you know I'm a competitor. Hate to lose, love to win. And so I've always just had this connection with sports and connection with athletes. But I was struggling because I had a hard time ministering to them. And so with FCA, the beautiful thing is, like, they meet a coach, they meet an athlete where they're at in practice, in games. They go to them, right? 
And that was so powerful for me. So I remember the very first Thursday, the head coach gave me an opportunity to talk to his football team before their first Friday night football game. Man, I was nervous. <laughs> because as you can tell, I'm a half-grown man. And these are some grown men, so, some, some big boys, all right, these high school guys. And so I was nervous. So I come in with my cooler, you know, I got my popsicles. I'm excited. <laughs> they love popsicles. And so I remember standing up on that cooler because I needed a little elevation. I remember standing on that cooler, man, and just talking about vision and talking about, hey, this is your season. What do you want to do with this season? Have a vision for this season. Let's go. And I just remember the response out of those guys. It was so powerful for me. The switch flipped inside of me, and I knew this is, this is me. This is what God has called me to do right here. This is where I'm at. I'm at home in this locker room with these guys. And so as, as Pastor Aaron and I started having those conversations, there was one huge fear that scared me about stepping out and taking that leap of faith to FCA. You see, over the past five years, it's been easy for me because of you guys. It's been comfortable for me because of you guys. Because of your faithful giving, I've been able to receive a check every two weeks, automatic. There hasn't been any thought, oh, I wonder if the check's going to come in. It's been automatic for over five years because of you guys. You have supported my family in doing what the Lord had called me to do at this church. And believe me, I'm so thankful. But I was comfortable. Because it's easy. FCA's a nonprofit organization. They don't get any government funding. I mean, they're completely separate. If you go on staff with them, you have to raise your own salary. You've got to raise your own support. And that scared me because that, that required me to step out on faith and get uncomfortable. And so uh, the fundraising process for me um, is sort of, like, uh, sort of like my golf swing. Anybody been to Top Golf? Three people. Awesome. All right, great. Well, you need to go because it's incredible, even if you're not a good golfer. So uh, I'm just going to teach you a little bit about uh, how to golf because I know, you know, we, we, have, we have individuals in here who are, you know, okay, uh, but, but I'm, uh, I'm pretty good. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. So the first thing about golfing, you need, you need a good sleeve cover on your pitching wedge. I chose a monkey, all right? If I was an animal, it'd probably be a monkey, okay? So, so you need a good sleeve cover. And, uh, you know, it's all about approach when you're hitting a golf ball, okay? And so, you know, I just got a nice American flag golf ball, right? USA, USA, okay. Drop that right there. So when you approach the golf ball, all right, loose shoulders, you want to be relaxed, okay? Um, uh, feet shoulder width apart, a little flexation in the knees, all right? You want some flexation in the knees. And, and you don't want tight hips, 
all right? It's going to be hard to hit a golf ball with tight hips. So, you know, do a little, you know, loosen them up there a little bit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't want to get, don't want to get hot lips excited back there. But anyhow, you know, it, it really is. It's like you're doing a salsa dance, coach. All right? You know what I'm saying? Need loose hips, flexation in the knees. Now, listen, uh, it, it's not this herky-jerk motion. All right? You're not cranking a lawnmower. Okay? Really, you want a nice and smooth swing. You feel me, Brent? You with me? So just nice and smooth, all right? Back like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. None of this, all right? Nice and smooth, okay? So listen, I already talked to Mr. Steve. I'm going to pitch this thing into the sound booth, all right? And we already talked about it. We're good. It's all good, right? If you have a phone out, be careful in case the God ball is coming at you, all right? But once again... I'm pretty good. <laughs> so I know the ball is going where I'm going to tell it to go. All right. You always want to take a deep breath, silence the crowd. Stop laughing. Y'all know I can't do that, right? You know I can't do that. But uh, by my Cam, if you bring that trash can, if you go ahead and bring that trash can down here, we're going to have a little fun. Before we have a little fun, uh, I want to break down to you uh, my fundraising goals. Okay? So if you'll put that slide up for me, Kyle. So what I have to raise to go on staff with FCA is $74,700 for the year. That's my yearly budget. 46 of that is my salary. That's what I get to take home to Zoe and the babies. 29 of that is money for me to actually do the ministry. Send kids to camp that don't have money to afford it. Purchase Bibles for athletes. Popsicles. Okay, right. Uh, taking a group of guys to Wild Wings. <laughs> you know that can get expensive, right? Um, Chick-fil-A biscuits for coaches' breakfast. I mean, anything, gas money. Anything that goes into me doing the work of building a relationship with a coach and an athlete, that's in that 29. So the monthly breakdown is $6,225 a month. So far, by the grace of God, I've raised $1,390 in monthly support. Okay? I need $4,835 to be fully funded and go on staff with FCA. Now... Over five years, you guys, every time I've stood up here and I've asked for help to send a kid to camp, and I've asked for help to send a kid to a retreat or to put on an event like Mudfest, every single time you guys have come through. And today, I'm standing on this stage and I'm just asking you guys to consider monthly partnering with me and my family and giving me the opportunity to get into this community in the dark places, the lonely places, the dry places, and shed a little hope. Would you guys consider partnering with me with that? I was a baseball player, so this is how I broke down my fundraising. 
Check this out. <laughs> so essentially what I need is I need 50 people to say, Pastor Matt, I can do $25 a month for you. I got you. I can hit a single. I can do $25 a month. I need 20 people to say, hey, Pastor Matt, I can hit a double for you. I can do 50 a month. 12 people I need to say, hey, I can hit the hardest hit in baseball and hit a triple for you. I got you. Six people I need to say, hey, listen, I'm going to buck up and I'm going to hit a home run for you at $250 a month. And then I need two people to just go Babe Ruth style <laughs> with bases loaded. Call your shot before the pitch is thrown and knock one out of the park for a grand slam. It's 500 to 1,250, that range, for monthly support. The Grand Slam is a two-year commitment. Basically, a Grand Slam, if you're going to hit a Grand Slam, you're saying, Pastor Matt, I want to anchor you down for two years and give you a solid foundation to build your, your fundraising on. That's what a Grand Slam does, okay? So let's play a little game, all right? Cam, you got my trash can, man? Uh... Can you, like, turn it up? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that, that might be kind of hard to pitch that one, pitch that in there. So uh, we're going to play a little game. Is there anyone in this room bold enough? Logan, all right, awesome. <laughs> On your dad's wallet, right? <laughs> okay. Is anyone in here bold enough to say, Pastor Matt, if you pitched this ball into that trash can, I'll hit a home run for you and sign up for $250 a month. Is there anyone bold enough in this room just to say that? If I pitch this thing in there, Logan, I'm glad you're bold enough to volunteer, <laughs> volunteer your parents. Anybody, you say, hey, Pastor Matt, I'll hit a home run for you if you pitch that, if you pitch that joker in there, I got you. L hey, listen, chances are, thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Because chances are, <laughs> it's gonna take an act of God, okay? for me to pitch this thing in there. But I appreciate it, I appreciate it. Okay, so <clears throat> remember the approach, right? Flexation in the knees, wiggle the hips, all right? Nice and smooth. Are y'all ready for this? Y'all better get ready because it's coming. And the 10 times I've practiced this, it's been in this area over here, all right? <laughs> so y'all better get ready. <laughs> nice and smooth. Oh, man. That's all right. Hey, good catch. Good catch. Go ahead and throw it back in there. Dang. That's a good throw. I got in the communion cup. <laughs> Hold that for me. I need that. All right. So listen. Oh, man. If you'll uh, throw that verse, that last verse up there for me. Second Corinthians. Paul tells the Corinthian church, he says, remember this. He says, the person who plants a little will have a small harvest. But the person who plants a lot will have a big harvest. Each of you should give as you have decided in your heart to give. You should not be sad when you give, and you should not give because you feel forced to give. God loves the person who gives happily. Listen, I'm not looking for handouts, and I'm not looking for you to feel sorry for me. I'm looking for men and women who will link arms with Zoe and I and say, Pastor Matt, I believe in the call that God has on your life. I believe in the gifting he's given you to connect and relate to a coach and an athlete. And I want to 
It's not like, man, I just, okay, I, I feel sorry for that. I'm just going to get, no, no, no. I want to partner with you. Like, I believe in what God's going to do in you so much. I want to be a part of sending you out and getting you onto these teams and in this community. It would be an honor for me to link arms with you and your family. That's who I'm looking for. I'm looking for some partners. I'm looking for some individuals who are willing to take a step of faith because I know it's hard committing to a monthly commitment. It's easy to write a one-time check. Pastor Aaron could write me a check for $74,000. Was that prophetic? <laughs> Was that you, Lord? Thank you, Jesus. He could write me a $74,000 check. But guess what? At the end of the year, I still have no money. Right? So the monthly commitment provides stability and security for me and my family. So I know it's not easy for everybody to say, okay, I'll partner with you monthly. But if you would consider that, that helps us in budgeting. That helps us just having some security, all right, some backbone, knowing that we got some people. We have a team of people who are saying, Pastor Matt, I want to do this with you, and I want to send you out. Would you consider that? I want to read, oh, man, I forgot my phone. Davis, my phone is in my bag. This is important. It's in my bag in the very front. Kyle, you just played a video. What are you doing? <laughs> you got it? All right. What I'm going to get to do with FCA um, provides me an opportunity to speak into the lives of coaches and athletes. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you. A couple, about a month ago, I had an opportunity to speak to over 200 high school football players at Austin P University. And I, I just want to show a, a clip of this to you. What's my point? My point is, don't take for granted the athleticism, the body, and the opportunity that you've been given. Don't take it for granted. You know what the difference is between a successful athlete and an average one? Six inches. Six inches. It's the difference between the heart and the head. Six inches. Some of you are born with it. Some of you are going to have to develop a work ethic. Working hard is the only thing you can do. That's the only thing you can control. Ain't nobody can control that for you. That's up to you. The work you put on, on this field today, that's on you. It ain't on coach. It ain't on mama, daddy, grandmama. No, it's on you. You control the work you put in. You know the teammates that cut corners. You know the team. I love it. I love it. It's what God has gifted me and called me to do. And I just want to read a text from a young man. He's going to be a freshman at Gallatin High School. He's, going to be a, he's a basketball player. Just recently started coming to church, came to camp with us. God really uh, started doing a work in his life. And this was, he texted this to me the night I shared with him that I was going to be um, leaving, really, for, for FCA. 
And so he sends me this text. He says, Pastor Matt, man, when you told us today you was leaving, that hurt me, no lie. That hurt my heart. The crazy thing is, I ain't even know you that long for something like that to hurt. You have been a big impact in my life just as a pastor. I can't even call you my pastor no more, man. It made me cry that you were leaving. I know you ain't left yet, but still, it hurt just knowing the fact. I really, I don't know how to put this, but I love you, Pastor Matt. But I ain't never told a man that I loved him before. But you is like the dad I've, I've always wanted. I think of you as my dad, man. Even though I got one, he don't treat me the way dad's supposed to, but I think of you as mine. I just don't want you to leave as soon as I come, man. It hurts really bad. But it's for the best because God had a plan. Now you can get to the top. <laughs> I ain't going to forget about you when I make it to the NBA. Man, that's it. That's it for me. That's why I do what I do. My dad died when I was five years old, alcoholic, served our country as a U.S. Marine, got back, could not get back right. I grew up with three women, three angels. To have an impact on a young man's life like that, to where he's, he's saying that I'm like a, like a dad to him. Thank you, Jesus. You know what I'm saying? So, under your chairs, there's, there's an FCA giving card and a pen. In just a few moments, Pastor Aaron's going to come up, and he's going to give you some time, two or three minutes, to fill out this card. If you're in this room, and by the grace of God, if I've had any type of impact on your son or your daughter in a good way toward the Lord, would you consider partnering with me financially, monthly? If you're in this room and you're, just, you're like, I, I'm interested, Pastor Matt, but I just, I just don't know you, right? I understand. I don't want you to invest in me if you don't know me and you want to get to know me. So this is what I want you to do. If you're in this room and you're like, Pastor Matt, I'm interested. I just want to hear more about you, right? I want to get to know your family a little bit. On this card, I, I, I want you to put your name, your number, your email, and just put a little note and say, I want to meet you. And then I'll get in contact with you. Name, number, email, and a note. I want to meet you, and I'll get in contact with you. If you already know me, you know my heart, you know what I'm about, would you consider, can you put that, that uh, baseball thing? Not the link. Yeah, that right there. Would you consider either hitting a single, double, triple, home run, or grand slam? Would you consider that? No amount is too small. I got a student, a teenager, who's committed $10 a month. He cuts grass, and I'm not going to tell you who it is because he don't want no love from the stage.
but I about, I about get upset every time I think about it. No amount is too small. $5 a month, $10 a month. Lord Jesus. Oh, yeah, for sure. My husband, Jerry, had played football all through high school and college and was contacted by the Chicago Cardinals to play pro ball and was already drafted into the Army. And by the time he got through, he was beyond that. And thank God he was because he died of most, most of you that know him know he, he uh, had many um, brain injuries from playing football. So anyway, he ended up um, not knowing much and he passed away three years ago. But when he was working and coaching, FCA was so big to him. He urged all of his boys to join. It's something I've given to monthly ever since. I can't even remember. That just automatically comes out of my checkbook. But I believe in it. I believe in Matt. I believe in what he's doing. And, and these young people, especially today in America and the way we are going, we need God, and we need leadership from people like Matt, and I am going to see what I can do <laughs> on a widow's income. <laughs> but I want to help, and I want to help until it hurts because I just believe in it. I hope you'll give it serious thought. Amen. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, uh, let me pray for you guys. And, and then I'm going to introduce you to Mr. Jason. He's going to share just a few minutes about SCA. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for your people. Every single one of them that you brought here today, you brought for a purpose. And God, I pray, Lord, that if you are calling them to join me on this journey, that you would put that number on their head and on their heart. Father, if they're here with their spouse, put that number on their head, on their heart, Father God. Bless them emotionally, physically, spiritually, God, and financially, Father. And I thank you. I thank you in advance for helping me, God, raise this money and reach this goal, Father. I love you and I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.